Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. This morning, I want to share with you on how to pray in a storm. When you are going through a storm, there are storms of life. When we are going through a storm, how do we pray? The reality is that sometimes, and in most cases, when we are going through a storm, the storm overwhelms us to the point that we don't even know how to pray. It feels like you are exhausted, even in the prayer topics. It feels like you have prayed the same thing and you don't even know what words to add anymore. You are tempted to think, are there any new words that I can add so that God can be convinced. But there's a way to pray in the storm. In the midst of the storm, we should be able to pray. Hallelujah. And please turn your Bibles with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 4 to 25. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. There is one God. Hallelujah. And he's a helper. Tell somebody, God is your helper. In the midst of the storm, God will help. Amen. He hasn't finished his, his job description as a helper. He has not ended that at all. Now, the Bible tells us that three countries came against Judah. They came against Judah. Judah was a very small country within Israel. I've shared with you in this church that Israel is the bigger country. It was made up of 12 tribes and the Bible said that after the death of Solomon, his son Rehoboam became king and then he didn't follow principles, etc. And so later on there was a division of the kingdom and 10 of the tribes became the northern tribe and they were called Israel and two of the tribes that remain in Jerusalem from the line of David those two tribes was Judah and Benjamin, and they are collectively called Judah. And then the ten tribes are called Israel. That is why when you read your Bible, sometimes you will hear or read things like, and the king of Judah met the king of Israel, because that is the king of the northern tribes. So when we talk about Jehoshaphat and Ahab, King Ahab, who was the husband of Jezebel, they were in the northern tribe. They were the, the, the ten tribes who were rebellious. And then the two tribes down south are really the original, the, where the headquarters is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, where the temple is, where the genuine priests of the Lord are. They are in Judah and Benjamin, and all is collectively called Judah. So Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. So you can imagine, let's assume for the purposes of this discussion, that the United Kingdom, you know, um, one country decides to be independent. Uh, I hope you, you know what I'm talking about. Let's, let's assume that Scotland becomes independent, but it must remain a union. Yeah. Amen. But let's assume that they, they become independent. And then they got attacked by Russia. Just get the picture of what I'm talking about. That's exactly, not only Russia, but let's assume it was Russia the United States and, uh, which are the, and China, these three countries coming after Scotland. Do you think Scotland has a chance? 
Would there even be a scot and a land after the, after the whole thing? <laughs> and that's exactly what was going on here. This was a crisis. This was a storm. The Bible says three superpowers, three nations, Syria and two other nations. This, in those days, these were the powerful states and they had come together, ganged together and they came against Judah. Not Israel, but Judah. Only two tribes who have declared independence. And here they were so defenseless. That was why Jehoshaphat called a prayer meeting. Because this was beyond us. This was beyond us. There are times that things happen that overwhelm you. And it feels like it will drown you. This will bring you to the end of your life. The end of the road. And you look left and right and it feels like where is God and where is help? The people that you knew had all abandoned you or turned their backs. Have you been in a crisis where those you call friends suddenly disappear? They are nowhere to be found. They no longer pick your calls. (laughs) They no longer relate. Family members turn their backs. So many things happen. When you find yourself alone, when you have made investments and suddenly things go off and you are down to zero, you are, you are at the bottom completely. You are below. And you are overwhelmed by one crisis after the other. One trouble after the other. When we go through challenges like that in our personal lives, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our careers, in our health. And it feels like you have done what humanly you can do. I came to announce to you, God is still in the business of intervening. Amen. Amen. But you see, sometimes we don't know how to pray in the storm. This God is a God of principles and we have to follow his word to learn how to still pray in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. May your anchor hold in the storms of life. So the Bible said these countries had come against the enemy. So Judah gathered themselves together to ask help from the Lord. Amen. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, which was the capital, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, in the midst of the storm, still make your way to the house of the Lord. That movement alone is a statement of faith. I want you to understand God only speaks the language of faith. God responds to faith. God operates in an atmosphere of faith. And faith is not only what we say, but what we do. When the offering of Abel was described as acceptable to God, it was not something he spoke. It was an act he did. And the Bible says God, they both offered an offering and God had respect to the offering of Abel. Time will fail me to talk about offerings. But when we give, God looks at it and the Bible says one one comes up to him as something that he respects. The other he does not. May your offerings be respected by God. From today, go into yourself and check the things you have been throwing at God. Whether God will respect it. Amen. Amen. But may the motive behind the giving be the key. And may the desire for giving be the reason. The Bible says God respected Abel's offering. And did not respect Cain's offering. And it wasn't something that he did 
so supernaturally. Otherwise, how would Cain have known that his offering had not been respected? That means that there was an outward manifestation of an approval. Amen. Or a certain level of blessing. Now, the Bible says that they came to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in the midst of the storm. Make your way to the house of the Lord in the midst of the storm. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Verse 7, are you not our God who did drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham your friend forever? And they dwell in and have built you a sanctuary in for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. And now see the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sire, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. It's painful. That these are people we could have destroyed, but you didn't let us destroy them. We were good to them. Now they have gang up to come and fight us. Have you been in that state before? When you have helped people, and when they found themselves established, they turn around and fight you. That's exactly what they say. That's why Jehoshaphat took the thing to God. They said, Lord, these three people, these three countries, we were on the rampage. Jericho could not stand before us. No country could stand before us. These ones, they would have been mismeet. We left them. You said we should leave them. We shouldn't destroy them. We should leave them intact as nations. Today, they have developed wings and they are coming after us. They have seen that we are vulnerable. We have become a two-nation nation, two-tribe nation. So now they want to devour us. He said, God, remember all of these things. See how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession which you have given to us. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that have come against us. Hallelujah. We have no might against this great company that have come against us. Did you see what I was talking about? They were so overwhelmed. This was a mighty storm. They said, we have no might. Our armies can't stand this. I mean, if you look at China alone, it, it would devour Scotland. They will, they will suck the sea from Scotland. There will be no sea there. China will finish them. For we have no might against this great company that have come against us. And we don't even know what to do. Have you been in that situation before? You have no might against the whole thing. And you don't, now you get to a point where you don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. May you learn to cast your eyes still on God. In the midst of the crisis. And the Bible says, and all Judah stood before the Lord, even with their little ones, their wives and their children. And the Bible says, after he had ended the prayer, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, the spirit of the Lord came upon him in the midst of the assembly. Hallelujah. Amen. After they had prayed, God's spirit came upon one of them, one of the Levites. And he said, listen to, all, listen to me, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid. 
This morning I came to announce to you, don't be afraid. Nor be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Tell somebody, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle you are fighting, it belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. The battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Hallelujah. Tomorrow go to them by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You don't need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. (coughs) And the Levites of the children of Kohath and the children of Kor stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Amen. And if you read further, the Bible says they went out and God gave them victory. The enemy ended up fighting among themselves. And by the time Israel arrived, they had all killed themselves. And Israel had only goods to collect. Amen. God turned the economy around by his power. He did two things for them. He made the enemy fight among themselves. I love it in the King James at the end of that. They say, they help to destroy one another. May the Lord cause your enemies to help themselves to destroy each other. So the threat was taken away. And then Israel also arrived. And they had got a lot of properties to take back. Gold and etc. Because when these nations come for war, they come with a lot of equipment and they also come with a lot of gold and you know resources that can maintain. Because if the war goes on for three months, one year, you must have what to eat, you must have what it takes to buy things, your logistics and all of that. So they brought quite a lot. And then they have all fought among themselves and they have killed each other and Israel arrives and they saw gold to go and better their economy. He said, I don't know what to do in the midst of this storm, but our eyes are upon you. These scriptures we have read, we can see five things that we can do on how to pray in the storm. Tell somebody how to pray in a storm. The first thing to say in prayer to God in the midst of the storm. Remember that you must make your way to the house of God. You must be prepared to seek God. You must first of all understand that human help has come to an end. The help of man will fail. Man has limits. Sometimes you put your confidence in man and they turn their back. So may you learn to believe and trust God more than man. May God only Use men to bless you, but don't put your trust and confidence in man. Hallelujah. Put your confidence in God who has abundant supply of men and women to use as channels to bless you. But your faith should not rest in man or woman. It must be in God. That's why he said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. My eyes are not on my army. My eyes are on you. Glory to Jesus. So when he prayed in verse 6 to 7, 
These are the ways to bring God into the store. He first of all asks a question. Are you not God? That's verse 6 and 7. He says, are you not God? Chapter 20, verse 6. When he started his prayer, he looked at the storm. He looked at what was going on. And his first point of prayer, to bring God into the picture, to summon and invoke God, is first of all to ask, are you not God? Amen. Are you not God? Who? Oh, Lord God, our fathers, are you not God? Amen. In heaven, are you not God? In other words, declare who he is. When you start praying in a storm, declare who your God is. Amen. Amen. Declare it because in the realm of the spirit, it changes the nature of the battle. Are you not God? You are not man. You are God. So are you not God? Amen. Declare who he is. And he says, are you not God? Who? Who? Who does something? In heaven, you are in heaven. Do you not rule? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you not God who rules over the heavens and the earth? This is who God is. So invoke him in the situation as the God who rules over all things. Know who your God is. And summon him in that revelation. Call him by that revelation in the midst of the storm. I love that hymn that says that the winds and the waves shall obey your voice. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still. Amen. Peace be still. They all shall sweetly obey your will. Some of you are too young to know that song. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Master, the tempest is raging. Are you not God? Declare who he is. The next level of the prayer, it says that declare what God has already done. Declare what God has already done. Declare what God has already done. He says, did you not? Look at the verse 7. Did you not? Are you not our God? Who drove out the inhabitants of this land. So he started bringing God into the picture. But first of all declaring who God is. And the next thing in the prayer is to, is to bring to God's attention. But that also fuels your faith by actually saying, I know you have done some things before. Did you not do these things? Did you not give me this land? That's why he was saying, you are the one who gave us this land. How are they threatening us? We just want to remind you, you gave us this land. You, you, you dealt with the forces of Egypt. You did these things in the past. You know, sometimes when, when things are going on in our lives, it feels as if we have never even experienced God before. May you have a sense of remembrance. Amen. To remember that God has done something before. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. One day, a brother was going through some crisis, some immigration crisis. And he felt so disillusioned by all the negatives that was coming from the lawyers and all the things. And I said to him, remember, when did you pray before you got visa to come to this country? He said, yes, pastor, the way I went for 40 days and all of that. I said, the God who answered that prayer, he will still answer this one. When he answered, did you not go to give him thanks? 
Why have you suddenly forgotten that it took you some 40 days of prayer and preparation at all night and things like that? And finally, you got visa. If God brought you in here and you have landed here by the same God who gave you that, have that remembrance of his power that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the wells and all that are in them belongs to him, including this land. Amen. And I encourage him, I said, the Bible says that forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Not the home office. It's settled in heaven. So let your faith be in this God who owns the earth. May you understand the capabilities of your God. So that you can call him by faith in the midst of the storm. Even when you are in a literal storm, you can look at the storm and say, God, are you not the one who created the wind? Can you tell it to be quiet? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And it will obey. May your faith rise in Jesus' name. Declare. Did you not, did you not do all these things? Maybe you, you need to see some of the things that God has done. Sometimes you need to listen to him himself. I love God. You know, sometimes he, he boasts. And, and he deserves to boast. He's not blowing his own horns. It, it's a fact. Please come to Isaiah 40. When you read Isaiah 40, you will see that God is God. He puts on display his CV. Amen. He rubs it in. Look at him in verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse, verse 10. He says, see, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. And his arm shall rule for him. His reward is with him. And his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. And carry them in his bosom. And gently lead them. Hallelujah. And then in verse 12 he says. He. Look at verse 12. He has measured the oceans. See, when he saw the waters, he has measured them in the hollow of his hand. Have you seen his hand? The hollow of his hand. That, that's, that's the whole waters in the whole world. That's how he sees them. Would you not clap for him? <laughs> now, when you know him by this, then you compare that to what is called a storm, what you are calling a storm in your life. He said the entire waters of the whole world, he actually measures them. He, have, you, have you fetched water like that? Those of you who have been washing your face, the others don't wash their face. But he measures the waters. And he weighed Hallelujah. He weighed the mountains in scales. Hey. All the mountains of the world, he has a scale that he puts them on. That means he's bigger than them. Are you trying to now imagine this God? Suzanne, can you imagine him? He's a mighty God. You just can't comprehend him. This infinite God, you cannot compress him in this finite mind, but you must believe he said he weighs the mountains. Those of you, when you are traveling, you weigh your things before you leave the house. 
Because you know that when you get there, you still have to remove things, take things out, go and weigh again, buy another extra bag, another extra bag. He weighed the mountains and the hills. Let's, no, let's go back. The hills. The hills in a balance. He weighs the hills in a balance. So when you call himself, Lord, have you not done these things? These, these are things. He has not only created them. He weighs them. Sometimes he weighs them just for fun. <laughs> and the hills in a balance, he is the one. Look at him again. Next verse. The Bible says, and who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Or have been his counselor or had taught him? He measures the waters. He weighs the mountains. He weighs the hills. This is the God we are serving. In Job 38, he says that, where were you when I established the pillars of the earth and suspended it upon pillars? So where were you when I did this? This is the God we serve. In the midst of the storm, like Jehoshaphat prayed, he said, God, are you not God? That is, declare who he is. And number two, did you not? That's we still in verse 7 of 2 Chronicles 20. Declare what God has already done. And number three, then state your case. Amen. State your case in the midst of the storm. Verse 7 says, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people and gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever? That we dwell here and have built you a sanctuary and you are here. And you even said that if evil came upon us and we call upon you from this place, you will hear us. Look at verse 10. And now, here are the people of Ammon. Their descendants are in Accra. Here are the people of Ammon. Are you seeing there? Is that the Bible? Okay. Moab and Mount Sire, whom you would not let Israel invade, they came out when we came out of the land of Egypt. So he stated the case. He told God what evil is being done to him, to them. That these people that we show them mercy, today they have ganged up with others to come and tear us apart. To disinherit us from the land that you have given to us. So I want you to, you know sometimes people are going through storms and they are not able to really, in the midst of the challenge, state their case. May you still have the presence of mind to state the case. Because sometimes God, you know if God comes to us, so what do you want? You are fumbling and going round and round. You must have one thing you really wanted. What do you want? Priority, what do you want? Amen. Priority, what do you want? What do you want? He says, he stated the case. So in the midst of the storm, when we pray, we ask, are you not God? In other words, declare who he is. Number two, did you not? In other words, declare what God has already done. Number three, state your case. That is in verse 10. He stated the case. This is the evil that is being done against us. Therefore, do something about it. Amen? And therefore, verse number four. Number four, which is verse 12. When he stated the case, he moved it further. As part of making the case, he says, will you not? Amen? Oh, our God, will you not judge them by faith? By faith. What God can do, declare it. Declare by faith what God can do. Will you not judge them? 
For we have no power against this great multitude that has come against us. Nor do we know what to do. Indirectly, you are asking God to move and do what only he can do. Hallelujah. Will you not judge them? That is the only thing God can do. And when he talks about judgment, he's talking about God coming in to deal with them. To fight against them. To make them turn their backs. And really God answered that prayer. If you read to the end of that thing. They fought against themselves and all of them died. He judged them. The prayer of Jehoshaphat was answered. Will you not judge them? For the evil they intend to do, judge them. For the crisis I'm going through, Lord, arise and judge for me. So in the midst of the storm, don't lose your mind. Don't let the thing overwhelm you. Still talk to God. Hallelujah. There are times you feel so weak. To pray. Because it looks like the whole thing is moving from frying pan to fire. But I want you to understand. If God can bring the dead back to life. Then there is no crisis that appears dead that he can bring back to life. He's well able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think of. The people that are contending with you. They are mere flesh and blood. The powers of darkness that may be working through them to fight you, they are just spirits. And they cannot stand before the spirit of all spirits. Hallelujah. Jesus rose from the dead and he defeated the devil. And he gave us authority in his name against all powers of darkness. So what is the nature of the problem that cannot be dealt with? It may appear to take a time, but so long as we hold our ground in God, he will come through. And when God comes through, he will do it in style. Somebody say, God will do it in style. So relax in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So he said, will you not judge them? Will you not do something? In other words, by faith, we declare what God can do. And finally, number five. After you have made this declaration... Get out of the way and let God have his way. In Jesus' name. By faith, just hand it over to God. And by faith, just do what you normally do. Serve God. Live as if no problem is going on. Believe him that because you have made this declaration, he will act on it. He's a faithful God. He loves us so much. He will do it again. I see God doing something new. In Jesus' name. May you not change your faith because it appears to be delayed. Don't change your faith. Don't change any act. Once you declare these things before God, stand and give him the way. Get out of his way and let him move. The only way you stand in the way of God is when you begin to doubt. So sometimes after we have prayed, we even doubt our own prayer. We doubt our own prayer. We just look at the situation and say, hey, this thing, would it really change? When is it going to change? This thing is going on for far too long. When would it change? This situation in my home is going on for far too long. When is it going to change? Keep your faith in God. It will change. I said it will change. It will change for the better. In the mighty name of Jesus. Are you not God? Did you not? You state your case. Will you not? Oh, he will. Say, so will you not judge them? He judged them. Amen. Get out of the way and let God perform the promise. Get out of the way and let God perform the promise. He has promised and he will never fail. 
I said he has promised he will never fail. He has promised he will never fail. He knows what to do about the situation. In Jesus' name. Every delay that you might be experiencing, keep your hold and your ground in God. Are you not God? Every day just declare, are you not God? Who made all these things? Are you not God? Did you not do this? Do you not have power to do this? You can do all of that. And I declare by faith that you will step in for me. In Jesus' name. In verse 13 to 16, we get out of the way. See, after he had prayed and said, would you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company. You, you hand over. You hand over your own might. You tell God, Lord, take over. My own strength cannot deal with this. But I know that you are God. And you are able to do it. Sometimes you have to look around you and see that all is still not hopeless. Amen. That should give you some comfort and faith. You see, faith works with hope. Hope is the oxygen that, that feeds faith. Amen. Hope. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there must be hope for the faith to work. We all know that Abraham is a man of faith, but we are told that he hoped against hope and he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. That was great hope. Great hope. He had hope that God would do it. Amen. And so sometimes in order to, to, to stir up the hope, you just need to look around you and consider and declare, but all is not lost. I still have my health. I still have my sanity. I still have my peace. At least I have something to eat. At least I can move. All is not lost. And if all this God keeps me alive, then that means he still has a plan. He has not finished with you yet. It's the voice of the enemy that tells you it is a hopeless case. The voice of the enemy says, all the situation in the home is hopeless. The thing about your child is a hopeless case. It's not hopeless. Hallelujah. Your daughter or your son has still not gone mad. So it's not a hopeless case. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's not a hopeless case. It's not a hopeless case. The school can give all the reports they give. Thank God for the school. But it's still not a hopeless case. Things can turn around. Some of the greatest and successful people today have been failures before. But there was hope. People didn't give up on them. Even Trump has become president. There is hope for you. Glory be to Jesus. Sometimes you look around and see... Glory be to Jesus. I mean, morally, who would have voted for Boris? The guy is a president. There has never been a prime minister who had no wife. And had a girlfriend. And going through divorce. And still, look at the majority. Hey, there is hope for you. Shake somebody and say, there is hope for you. Don't give up on yourself. Hallelujah. Because your faith will work with the hope. That's why Jehoshaphat said, there is nothing we can do, but we know that you can do something. And that we know you have done this before. That you brought us out of Egypt. How did you intend to bring us to the promised land? And you mean these guys will check us out? 
God, you can't do something like that. Our faith is in you. Our hope is in you. I said there is hope for you. Amen. I don't know what crisis you are going through, but you can talk. So there is hope for you. You are not suffering a stroke. Amen. There is hope for you. Your heart is not failing. There is hope for you. In Jesus' name. And based on that hope, stir up yourself and believe God. Get out of the way and let God have his way. The Bible said that after they had prayed, and he said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. He got out of the way. Verse 13, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Hallelujah. They stood before the Lord. Daily stand before the Lord, believing him, believing him. And as they stood before the Lord, after he had prayed, he, he got off the way. And the Bible says the Spirit of God, somebody shout the Spirit of God. He came upon one of the leaders and he prophesied and said, Hear, O Judah, and you descendants and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and O King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Hallelujah. That the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Why is that so? Because the moment you pray that type of prayer, you hand over to God. So you actually transfer the responsibility of the challenge to God. And you stand back and let God fight. So God actually took it up and said, this problem you are going through is my own. I've taken it upon me. Now you handed it over to me. Stand back and watch me. Amen. Believe me, this is now my case. This is my battle. Until they prayed, there was no way they would have known that God had chosen to come into the matter. It is prayer that invites God into your circumstance. And I want you to understand, no matter the nature of the situation, God is still interested in it. Amen. I don't know what you are going through and what may be giving you sleepless nights, but I am content in God. That he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. I, I have never doubted that what our church is going through, I know that there is an end coming. Amen. I may not know, but I've handed it over to God. And I'm, I'm at peace. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't sing pitiful songs. Sing hopeful songs. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Don't sing pitiful songs. Dirges. That makes it impossible for God to work. That's why I said, get out of the way and let God have his way. Glory be to Jesus. My God, glory be to Jesus. He stood back and the spirit of God came upon him. And he says, this battle is mine, says the Lord. You may not even need to fight in this battle. You just need to position yourselves, organize yourself, move. And I will go ahead of you and bring you victory. May God go ahead of you and give you victory. Sing songs of hope. Cheer up. Hallelujah. Cheer up. Get up in the morning and give the Lord a dance. Glory be to Jesus. And make statements 
of faith, confess things of faith. Don't declare any negativity. And this thing is going to kill us. It's not going to kill you. It is what you say. May you change what you say. In the mighty name of Jesus. Have you been blessed this morning? In Jesus' name, shall we begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 44-7376-355-621 on the web www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International, Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.